It's so good to be back and recording. I took a break. Summer, it's tricky to focus on extra things when you've got kids running around. And then we went on a trip in September that kind of derailed me a little bit, getting back to the school schedule after being gone. And then in October, something unexpected happened. I don't know if I've shared on the podcast, but in January, I sold a business back in January of 2022. I sold a business that I started in 2012. It's an online clothing store. It's called modestpop.com. And I sold it. And the person who bought it had some changes in her life where she was no longer able to run the business and um, essentially handed it back to me. So I'm jumping on that saddle again and um, helping grow sales. And so that's been a big shift. And another big shift that happened was when, after I sold the business, I spent a lot of time helping Afghan refugees. I fell into volunteer work through a a friend of mine, and that was sort of what took the place of running the business. And then um, the demand for that kind of work slowed down a little bit. And so I had a little bit of a career crisis where I didn't know what I wanted to go spend my time doing. I tried out teaching, did some substitute teaching, wondered if I wanted to go get my teaching credential. Um... But what I kept falling back into was wanting to get back into life coaching. So before I had kids, I did coaching for a few years after graduating from college, after graduating from life coaching school. Um, And it was just kind of impossible to work with clients, even over the phone when I had little kids at the house. So now that all my kids are in school and my youngest is in part-time preschool, I have decided to get back into that. So if you're interested in working With a coach, I specialize, I mean, I have expertise definitely in experience in grief and loss, and that doesn't have to necessarily be the loss of a person. It could just be um, a change, so coping with life change and grief. Um, I also have experience on goals and accountability, which is what today's podcast episode is about. So if you want to contact me for a free coaching consultation, my email is cm my initials, Camille McConnell, cm at connectwithcamille.com. So for today's podcast episode, it was inspired by a friend of mine, and she has this idea for a book she wants to write. And it's a very intimidating process when you've never written a book before and you have that goal. And it took me back to when I wrote my first book. So the title for today's podcast episode is... Big goals, overcoming fear and keeping yourself accountable. So the, the best advice I can give around this topic and experience I've had is stems from when I did my first really big, hard thing. My biggest goal up to that point in my life was to write a book back in 20, 2009, 2008 is when I had the idea. And the reason I wanted to write a book was to have something of value to offer to coaching clients and something to give me more legitimacy as a coach. Um, And I also wanted to share something that I had a lot of experience with. I went to a workshop on how to write a book from someone who had self-published a couple times, another coach who also wrote books to have um, content to offer to his coaching clients. And he said to write about what you know. Like, what are you an expert in? What do you know really well? 
And I was only like 24 or 25 at the time, but I did have a lot of personal experience with overcoming emotional overeating because I had an eating disorder when I was, um, 16, 17, 18, 19. I recovered when I was 19 and I struggled with periods of time where I struggled with bulimia and anorexia, but mostly, most of the eating disorder was emotional or compulsive overeating. Um, also compulsive exercising. I, I was able to recover as a 19 year old. I went to a support group at my college and then I was a mentor in that support group and, um, for a couple of years. And then when I had, um, I had access to, to therapy and I went to talk to therapists about it. So I had some tools from that. And then when I went to life coaching school, I was able to learn really how to harness the power of thoughts and how thoughts create emotions and how emotions create behaviors. So I, I create, I decided that I would, I would write a book about what I knew, which was how do you overcome, um, the bad habit or even addiction of overeating. So another, another tip I have for, for anyone who has a big goal or project and how to get started or how to move forward when they feel stuck is talk to people who have accomplished what you want to do. Pick their brains or go to a workshop or something. Ask somebody like, Hey, I know that you've done this thing I want to do. Do you have any advice for me? Or how did you get started when you weren't sure what to do? Um, another thing to remember is sometimes it's hard when you see someone who's accomplished a lot and it can be intimidating and it seems so natural for them. But to remember that success is not inevitable for like 99.9% of people. And I say that because there's certain people that have were born to such privilege that like, for example, if Prince Harry writes a memoir, it's going to have millions of readers because he was born as a prince. But most people, they have to start from scratch or they start with not very much. And it's a conscious choice that they make. I'm going to do this big, hard thing. Um, some people have more doors open for them than other people, but I would say most people, um, that are really successful are, are self-made, you know, and it's, it's something that like they have to have that conscious choice and then those make those steps, um, just like everyone else. So another time I had a really big goal that just, and it wasn't even, it seemed like this big deal and I didn't know how to, how to accomplish it was, um, of the theme of music. So I'm a singer and a songwriter, but I did a little bit of, um, songwriting in college, but I didn't really complete anything. And then I didn't write any songs. Well, I wrote a couple, but I didn't publish anything. I wanted to get my music out there, like on iTunes. That was my big goal is to publish music to iTunes and share my music with more people than rather than just like the people that happen to hear me singing at a church event or something. And I wanted to specifically do that with my, my own songs. So that was my big goal, but I didn't know how to get there. And uh, I kind of put it on the shelf for a while. And then after my son passed away in 2018, songs just started coming into me. Um, music and lyrics were just coming into my brain really frequently. And I wrote about five songs within the first few months after he died. And um, I was still like... I don't know why. And I actually do know why it's just, I was so afraid to put those, those songs out there because they were so precious to me. And it wasn't just because the songs were about, were, 
influenced by the death of my son. And a lot of them were about healing and, um, and dealing with grief. So that was precious too. Um, but also it was like this like huge dream I've had since I was a little girl when I just discovered that I loved singing and I liked singing in front of people was to put it out there in front of people. I was listening to a podcast one day. It was the awesome with Allison podcast. And I've made, I may have mentioned this um, before on this podcast, but she said something that she got from someone else that she said, don't be precious about it. Um, she quoted Gary Vanderchuk when she said this, that she learned it from him. She, when you have a big goal, sometimes we, we hold it so close because it's so close to our heart that we're afraid for it to be shared with the world because we don't know how it's going to be received or if people are going to appreciate how, how valuable it is to us. Or it's like, we're just throwing it out there for anyone to like listen or not care. And it's so precious to us that we don't want it to be, um, overlooked maybe, or, um, not appreciated. And so she said, don't be precious about it. And that was like a big wake up call for me because me being so precious about my music and my songs and my story was keeping me from getting it out there. It seemed like I didn't even know how to get it out there. I'm like, how do I get my music out there? Well, it just so happened that I reconnected after moving to Utah, reconnected with a voice teacher I'd had when I was younger, who's also a studio musician, accompanist, a piano player. He can make up, if you give him a tune, he can make up a great piano background for it. So he was the one who created the background music. I gave him the tune, but he came up with like the actual piano notes and everything. Um, and so that's how I was, and he also has a recording studio. So, um, I think that when you were really passionate about doing something, if you keep moving forward, the right people do come into your path to help you get to where you want to go. It's just something I've seen over and over again. So don't be precious about it. When you're afraid, just go for it. I remember when I was a kid, we went skiing at this, um, ski resort called Brian head. And there's this one run. It's really short. Um, it's just this little piece of a run of other runs, but it's called yard sale because when you go down this steep hill and then there's a steep, so there's a steep downhill and a steep uphill right after each other. It's basically a ski jump. When you go down it, um, it's very likely when you go down the hill and then up the hill, you're going to do a flip and you're not going to land it. And your stuff is going to be everywhere. Like a yard sale, your pole is going to be, you know, 10 feet over there and your ski is going to be 15 feet over there. And so that's what happened to me is I did it the first time. I, I remember saying this phrase to myself though, cause I was, my brother did it and I think he actually landed it. And so I wanted to try it. And I just had this phrase that I, I don't know where it came from, but it was here goes nothing. I don't, I'm not, I'm not attached to the outcome. I don't know what's going to happen. I'm just going to try it because I really want that exhilarating experience. I want to take this risk. And so I did it. And the first time, I can't remember if I landed it or not, but I did it a few times and I definitely didn't land it a couple times. And it was pretty disastrous. Like, um, I landed on my head actually. And I wasn't wearing a helmet because we didn't wear ski helmets back in 1990, whatever. Anyway. So yeah, I'm not saying it was the greatest choice in my life, but it was actually super fun. Um, and it did teach me that, you know, maybe you, you, you don't land it right and your stuff gets thrown about and it's kind of embarrassing picking it up, but 
you're never going to have the experience. You're never going to know unless you try it. And then I did it a couple times. I did land it one time and that was an amazing feelings, but that's a, just a good phrase. Here goes nothing. I'm just going to try this and we're just going to see how it goes. And I'm not attaching my worth to how, how it turns out the outcome. I'm just going to go for it. It's kind of like anxiety. If you have anxiety or you've ever experienced anxiety, um, and you're afraid to do something, but you know, it's a good thing for you to do. You have to push through the anxiety and do the thing. Otherwise it's going to hold you back. And in the future, you're like, Nope, I can't do it. I can't do it. If you push and say, no, I can do it. And you have to sit in that discomfort then it's easier. You're less likely to have those thoughts like, I can't do it. I can't do it. It's so hard. But if you succumb to those feelings, then they're going to like trap you and you're going to believe those thoughts that you can't do it. And then you're stuck. Another thing with a big project or a big goal is that action creates inspiration. So if you only know of a couple steps you can do to get moving forward, take those steps. And then after you take those steps, more ideas will come to you because creativity comes when you're on your feet, not when you're refusing to move forward and you know the same thoughts are cycling through your head I'm not sure what to do next I'm not sure what to do next if you start moving forward that creates that action creates more creativity and ideas also I believe and I've shared this on the podcast before that I believe in God or I know lots of people believe in a higher power and sometimes people even feel that their higher power or God is compelling them to do something hard that is really worthwhile. So to have that faith that God will help you or your higher power, there's a reason you're supposed to be doing this thing and things will fall into place to get you there. The universe will be there to support you. Also, when you have a really big daunting goal that might even take a long time with a long timeline, such as for example, overcoming an eating disorder, it's important to celebrate small successes and to not overlook, Hey, I did this. I made some progress today. Even if your progress is 15 minutes, I did something today to get me closer to that goal. Acknowledge it. It'll increase your confidence. It gives you momentum. So you have that energy to keep moving. Something else that helps me feel motivated when I have a big goal is to stay cognizant and connected to my, to my why, why am I doing this thing? So here's a more recent example I had this inspiration. It was an idea that I believe came from God to put on a concert, a benefit concert that would benefit Afghan refugees because I have a lot of a lot of Afghan refugee friends here in the Salt Lake area and um I specifically wanted to do a concert to raise money to help reunify a couple of families. So back in the evacuation in August of 2021 Um, one of the families that my volunteer group has helped, they got separated, um, at the airport, the, it's an extended family. So grandma, grandpa, son, daughter, um, couple of sons, couple, a couple of daughters, and then a couple of grandkids. And one of the grandkids was holding the hand of an aunt when the, the Signal was given that people could board the plane. They'd been waiting for a long time. And so, okay, you can board this plane now. And it was chaos. People were getting trampled. People were, families were getting separated. So this little girl was, was holding her aunt's hand and her mom and dad and little brother actually didn't even make it onto that jet, onto that plane. She did with her aunt and uncle. And, um, she did with her, she had an aunt and uncle 
another aunt, and then a cousin who got on. But her mom and dad and her little brother and her grandma and grandpa, and I believe another sibling, did not make it onto. They didn't couldn't get on. There was just so many people that filled it so quickly. They were just in the wrong part of the airport to be able to access and to get on. They didn't get on any jets. They were not able to evacuate. So she's here. Her mom and dad are there. She gets to FaceTime with them, but it's heartbreaking. She's only four. She's five now, but she was four when it happened. So her family is um, getting passports and working on getting visas. And so the money is going to help cover travel costs. So when they can come here, that they don't have to pay for it out of pocket um, because it's expensive. So I wanted to do that for her, that family and another family with a similar story of getting separated. So I had this idea. I have never put on a concert before. And I'm really not a great detail a person when it comes to details. I forget things easily. I have... Um, like a lot of ADD symptoms where, for example, if I'm putting on an event with food, I'll forget to buy forks and there won't be forks. Like I won't have plastic forks because I just forget little details. And so it was an exciting thought to do a concert, but it was also kind of terrifying because I've lived in Utah now for about five years. I'm somewhat connected um, to people that are musical here, but not. I didn't have enough contacts to even fill a concert. So I had the thought and I had a couple of ideas of how to get started. Contact this girl, ask her to sing a song. She's an amazing singer songwriter. She would do, she would do a great job. So the genre of the type of music I wanted was interfaith Christian. I wanted to do, and that was another reason I wanted to do the concert is to bring together, um, musical artists who, um, more like singer songwriter types or who just have a sort of style that is different than you're going to hear at church. So I'm a member of the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints. And in our church meetings, there's a lot of musical. We have a lot of musical influence in our church. And it's not uncommon for there to be a soloist on any given Sunday. But the type of music that's sung is more, um, it's more simple. There's not a lot of instrumentals. It's uh, more conservative. So I thought it'd be cool to do an event with instruments. And um, maybe like some songs more of a rock vibe or more of an indie vibe or whatever people want to do. But just kind of have an interfaith Christian concert. So it was a little terrifying. I had no idea what to, I didn't know like how I was going to sell tickets. Like what, if I was going to use like an online program and people would buy it through them. I had a lot of research. It took a lot of work for me to figure out what to do. And there was a million steps along the way, but it all came together. And so just because you don't have it all figured out at the beginning doesn't mean you shouldn't get started. Another thing that I think helps when you are trying to do something new you have a new big project or goal is to acknowledge the strengths that you do have acknowledge your weaknesses like for me I acknowledge that I forget details so I'm going to make a million lists and I'm going to be very careful and and talk to people that are more detail-minded like my husband say hey okay what am I forgetting because it's not my strength to remember everything but it's my strength to push forward when things are a little scary and to just be brave and go for it that's my strength. My strength is not remembering to bring forks if I'm serving food and that's okay. Another line that I love is called go where the energy flows. So sometimes when you're working on a big project, there's, there's tons of different things you need to do to get it going. For example, um, with the concert, I had a bake sale that I was kind of managing. I was in charge of being in touch with the talent, making programs, Um, finding volunteers to help collect money at the door if people were going to pay like um, as they came or to collect money for concessions and so I had many given many different tasks that I could 
I could go to if I was going to be working on this concert. And sometimes I didn't feel like maybe working on the bake sales. Like, I don't even know. Bake sales stressing me out right now. I don't even want to think about that. But what I do feel comfortable working on is um, I would love to maybe um, make the program right now. That's what I feel like doing. I don't feel like thinking about the bake sale, but I want to work on the program so I can visually see the, the layout of who's singing first. I want to work on that. Or I really just want to um, work on marketing the event today. So it's like, if you don't, if you're not loving every single step of the process, that's okay. You can find a step that you're interested in doing and start there. But with that being said, if you're seriously hating the entire process and you're not enjoying anything, then you need to realize that maybe this is not the project for you. Maybe this goal isn't the right one. Maybe you have this idea and it's supposed to lead you to something else that is going to be more of a fit, but maybe how it's set up right now isn't the best way if you're hating every step of the process. And just in closing, it's important to have faith in yourself and faith in the process. Things will work out. And faith in your higher power. Because with this concert, I was constantly praying for guidance. And it dawned on me that someone asked, one of the talent, the singers asked, so are we doing a sound check and to balance levels? And I was thinking, gosh, I don't really know anything about musical equipment besides microphone and amp for a guitar. I never thought about like a soundboard and balancing. And so I had to call the venue. Do you have this equipment? Yes. But then I was talking to a friend who's singing in the concert and she's like, oh, my dad has all that equipment. He's a professional sound guy. We, we have it all. He has his own band. We've, we, we just, we just happen to have all this. And he would rather like he wants to help and he'd rather use his own equipment than use the venue's equipment because it's higher quality and he understands it better it's just faster setup for him and everything so it like fell into place because I didn't have expertise in that area and once it was brought to my attention I was like oh I mm, I don't know if I can run this whole concert and be the sound person that sounds like a lot too much so it just worked out that somebody came into my path so I really feel like if your idea is inspired don't worry if you don't have it all figured out. Just keep moving forward and wait for, you know, things to unfold for you. Like there's, I think that the universe rewards people who are trying. People who have that unconquerable spirit. Even people who are trying to do good, you know, um, I think that there's help out there if you just are willing to take steps and not give up. And of course, there's moments when I really questioned myself. I was like, this concert is going to be a failure <laughs> because 90% of the ticket sales happen, you know, in the last couple of weeks. And so I was thinking, oh my gosh, no one's coming. But it's, it, it still worked out. So of course, when you have big goals, there will be moments when you wonder, like, is what I hope, like moments of defeat where you think, I don't even know if this is worth it. Or what was I thinking? This isn't, this is, this is so much harder than I thought it would be. That happens too. Just to wrap up. If we have a big goal that it's like lingering with us, like it, my music goals, you know, it took me years, you know, I've wrote my first song, uh, as like an 18 year old and I didn't actually get a song out there published online on the web or on iTunes until I was 35. So that's a long time, but it's that goal was with that was in my heart for a very long time that I wanted to accomplish that thing. So if you have something that is 
pressing on you or you are excited about, but you're not sure how to keep moving, uh, hopefully this podcast will be helpful. And if you would like to schedule a coaching consultation, please get in touch. Again, you can contact me. Um, just go to my website, connectwithcamille.com. Quick bonus content. Sometimes it's worth it to go for something that seems way out of reach just to see if it's going to work out. So for example, when I wrote my first book, Stop Overeating Today, I was a sometimes listener to the Dr. Laura radio program. And on her program every week, she would feature a book. She would talk about it for about a minute, encourage people to go buy it. She didn't take a cut or anything. She just, it was just a service she offered. And so I thought, you know, I'm going to go for it. So you had to mail your book in. And so the first time I mailed it in, I wanted to get her eye with a unique package. So I had heard on her show that she loves pink glitter. My friend told me this because she listened to the show more than me. She said, oh, you got to send it like in an envelope with tons of pink glitter. So I covered this, this mailer with glue, threw on tons of pink glitter, mailed it in, waited, and nothing. I was pretty surprised because it was... I was surprised at least to not get a no because I figured the envelope would catch their eye. But I decided to try again. I was kind of annoyed that I hadn't heard anything back, but I figured it was still a long shot. So this time I took an envelope and I printed out a picture of her face with a cartoon bubble coming out of her mouth that said something cheesy like, this is the greatest book of the week, something like that. And I mailed it in and I... I wasn't really expecting to hear back, but a couple weeks later, I heard back from her team and they actually chose it as the book of the week. And they told me it's going to be announced. I think I only had about three weeks to talk to my printer and get a bunch more books printed. And I actually didn't even print enough. Amazon had a shortage. But the coolest thing about that is because so many books were sold the day that that program aired, that she talked about it. And the next day, my rank in Amazon was top 100 in the self-help eating category. And so my book technically was a bestseller on Amazon because it was, uh, I think it was like number 56 in that category. So that's how you become an Amazon bestseller is you have to rank top 100 in a specific uh, genre. Anyway, so you never know. You never know. Sometimes it's just worth it to go for it and it works out and it's pretty amazing.